the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I am knocking things over everywhere this morning, <laughs> Heidi. I'm knocking things over. Every- I knocked over the. Can <laughs> yeah. you see me today? Does it look like I got a headache because oh. I knocked the, the camera over when I came in the studio today? I sit down in front of the microphone. I knocked the microphone down. It's the rain. Well, I think it's a little bit. A little bit. Uh, I was challenged today. <laughs> You're uh, special. It, I would not take my blood pressure right now if I went to the doctor because it would be up because the state refuses to put lines on the road. Oh, my God. Oh. It's so scary. You can't even Horrible. see where you're driving out on the highway. When it rains, you're blind on the roads here. Yeah, it's terrible. You're blind on the I'm roads here. I just I had my glasses, I mean, and that didn't even help because there aren't lines there to see. Well, not only that, but <laughs> you got steel. You got not steel, but you, you've got concrete you know, barriers up everywhere oh my God. now. And I hate being right next to them. Yeah, I don't mind that if there's a line that shows me you're getting close to it, right. basically, because they didn't even put the reflectors on the inside no. of the guy. You cannot see. You can't see on the highways. And all of a sudden you're there. You know, it's in your face right there. I got thrown by the water this morning. Yeah. yeah. Heidi, I'm in a good mood today, just so you'll know. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm in a good mood today. Hey, coming up at 635, got a special guest going to join us. Uh, he had a little, We had a little bit of cross wires yesterday. He was going to join me yesterday, but he will be here today, he says. And that's Big Benny Johnson, the Reverend Big Benny Johnson. Uh, if you've met him, you'll know you've met him because he's got this big barrel chest. He is a big man. I mean, he's a big man. Uh, he has been active in the uh, urban community for years and i i've had him on for years and he's the head of a group and it's called stop the violence and he you know we need people we need a lot more people like him yeah to stop the violence and uh, he's going to join us today we're going to talk about this uptick we've had uh i won't even say uptick it's a surge uh, that we're having here in Little Rock uh, with violence. And uh, he'll share some things with us, and we'll talk to him and find out what he thinks needs to be done uh, to make things better. So he'll, he's coming up in the second half of the show. Uh, the war continues in Cabot. The school board continues to say they don't have to be transparent. Is that right, Missy? Exactly. They... uh 
they emailed me back when I FOIA'd all their information. They still haven't said how they drew their straws. They won't release that information or how they drew names for these at large, but they did admit that they drew straws and they picked um, their positions for the at large months ago before the maps were right. drawn. Five months? Uh, yeah. That's insane. Back when they decided that, hey, everybody will get pushed to the November election, I guess, when they left. At some point, they discussed that this is what was going to happen. Didn't let the public know. Drew the straws in private. And just released that information once the maps were um, chosen at the last school board meeting. So okay, so they are sticking to it. They don't need to do it in public. So are you FOIing all of their, uh, you know, communications during those Yeah, and times? it still does not talk about, I have all the emails. I FOIA'd them. Um, I, of course, do not have all of them. That's what right? I'm saying. <laughs> and so um, it doesn't say when they discussed how they were going to draw these straws, somebody somewhere, and it can't be Thurman because he's not supposed to be part of the Arkansas School Board Association. Okay. Okay. Only the school board can be. Um, Somewhere someone said, hey, the lines are drawing. This is what Arkansas code says. We're going to get together. This is how it's going to be done. None of that's in the communication. So just happened. And they're not supposed to talk. You know, when three or more get together, it's a quorum. And then that's a public meeting. And so I don't have any of the emails about the discussion or anything. So we'll see what happens. Well, there was some, if it happened, there was some discussion about it. Mm-hmm. You you know that. I know that. Oh. My listeners know that. It's pretty yeah, and they self-evident. Said, they said the first time I FOIA'd them, I, they said they sent me all of the spam email that Thurman <laughs> sends his teachers and his school board. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like, yeah. hey, just a heads up. Hey, just a heads up. Hey, just a heads up. And I emailed back and I was like, Thanks for those emails, but I asked specifically for communication between school board members discussing right. this. They haven't sent me any of the school board emails. Okay, you, they use their private emails, but if you use your private email, it's still open to FOIA yeah, because you correct. are an elected official. Right? Yeah. Won't send me any of their emails at all. So we'll just see what happens. It's kinda, I'm talking this to is kind of, I need to, you need to talk to Robert Steinbach, who is one of the, if not the, one of the number one people about FOIA and you need to get with him and if necessary, bring suit against the school board to get all of that. Well, I have people that said they would do it for free, like quite a few. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back because the superintendent said he talked to the same guy I did in the secretary of state's office. Cause I was able to call the election fraud right. secretary of state. I'm sorry. AG handles fraud secretary of state handles elections correct and so i left messages with them to get back but in his email which can be by the way synonymous in some cases and he did in his email reply and say i talked to those people we didn't do anything wrong and essentially opposite of what they how said. Did, well, right. how did you talk to him? Did you call him on the phone? Oh, yeah, we talked on the phone. No, not you. Oh, I'm talking yeah. about mm-hmm. this right. is a school board member. Did it's, they... a thir- it's, the, it's Thurman. He's the superintendent. Okay, did he do it by uh, email? He said he called them and talked to them. Isn't okay. that convenient? Yeah. So and, I'm just calling him back. I'm going to say, hey, is this really what happened? Yeah, did you call him? Yeah, yeah. did he call you? Did you have a discussion on such and such a mm-hmm. day? Then you might have to ask some 
some legal beagle to, yeah. you know, meet it, with them and make them sign, you know, an affidavit of truth. And it's just, it's funny that we're in this position because, you know, we're creating an open enrollment charter school in Cabot. And as we read through the Arkansas code, because, you know, we have to be up. If you run your own school, you can't just hope someone else in your school right. board or hope someone else has read all these laws. Right. We're not going to have a lawyer on retra- a retainer. There might be one on our board, you know, but they have their own job. So all of us are reading these Arkansas code and we're like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Hopefully the school has a waiver for all this because they are not following Arkansas code at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of. Don't be surprised. No. <laughs> just say, you just no. Don't be surprised. I mean, just going through standards of what kindergartners should know and first graders right. and second graders, they obviously didn't read it because they chose curriculum that doesn't touch. Doesn't deal with it. Any of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All it's, right. It's a funny situation. This is an going ongoing on. story. Yes. And. And typically, in a story like this, I'll tell you from my years of doing uh, news, and we had to do it a lot of times uh, when I was in news without FOIA. So you didn't have the right. power of that to right. draw from. You had to hope that you could develop a source that would share all right. of that with you and print it all out. You had to be sure that you were convinced they were impeccable and they weren't running their own agenda, basically. And uh, you'd, you'd sit down and read all the stuff and uh, you would make up, you know, you'd be able to put it together and that made up the whole story. Right. It was difficult at ba- best, sometimes impossible in the worst case. Well, the um, <clears throat> Lowen Oak County prosecutor for free can actually go and get the school board emails and everything because they still have not abided by FOIA. Oh. If any email was done from the school board, you know, they keep right. sending me all of the superintendent and then maybe <laughs> the executive or not the executive, but the, the notes, right. the meeting notes and everything and the agenda that's been signed. Not any of the, yeah, the minutes, but they've not sent me any emails. Well, I'll tell you what, we got to get a break in here. We'll call Robert Steinbach. I know he's awake because I've already woke him up with <laughs> another question and uh, see if he'll join us. And that would be awesome. What is your recourse yeah, definitely. Uh, on all of this? But we need to get to a break. It is, I'm um, looking to time right now, like 616. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's been raining out. It's given us a little reprieve right now, but it looks like the the low that's making its way across the country is right over the northern part of the state right now, and then getting ready to exit. I Hopefully, in the next couple next couple of hours, <laughs> it'll be out, and we should be done with. Uh, the heavy rain that we've seen overnight. Hey, don't forget about ICU uh, protection. ICU, that's just the letters, ICU Protection, and talk to Billy Mack. He's been in this business 30, 40 years, and he can help you uh, give you the type of alarm security system you need for your house. And uh, look, you live here in in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Westwood Little Rock. Uh, You need protection now. There's a lot of people out robbing people there's a lot of people out there shooting people uh you need to get the protection you need for your family and uh billy will help help you out as far as your home your uh your residential residence or if you got a business 
You can talk to him about your business. He handles everything, the door and window sensors, the indoor and outdoor cameras, the doorbell camera, the motion detection. Uh, He's got analytics built in, which identifies if it's a person, animal, or car. That's always been a problem in the past. Not anymore. Uh, You'll know who it is. Same thing for your, uh, your business uh, you know who's trying to get in or who has gotten in. Those 1080p cameras they use now, it's not like watching, uh, you know, A&E, you know, criminal shows where everybody is, you can't tell who anybody, well, that is a, that is a person, you know, but you, you know, although sometimes if they fall, have fallen down, you might think it's a deer. Just know that when it comes to their cameras, it's just like watching direct TV. It is that clean. And uh, if you watch sports, you know what I'm talking about. You can really see how the officials screw it up. But anyway, uh, their services, alarm, security, monitoring, homes, and uh, and businesses, they'll do it all for you. But here's your big difference from everybody else. You pay for the service. You don't pay for the hardware. Hardware is on Billy. Uh, the service, uh, you come up with the kind of service you want, how many cameras you want, all of that. And that will bring up, uh, you know, what your cost is. Starts around $40 a month. Very, very reasonable. 501-205-1333 is the number. 501-205-1333. That's ICU prevention. All right, back with you. All right, so I called Robert. We'll see if he can get on with us because I can't bring him on after 630 for the simple reason that we got Big Benny Johnson. Big Benny Johnson. Yeah, he's a he's a black preacher. He's a good man. So You'll he's like not him. Benny Johnson on Twitter that does all the videos that are so much fun to listen to. No. He's Benny conservative Johnson. as well. Right. Yeah, yeah this is this big guy, man. He's big man. You like him. I've known him for years. Right on. We've we've used the show to uh collect money. He buys uh, bicycles typically during Christmas time. And uh, we help him purchase bicycles. That's awesome. Every kid should have a bicycle if they can. It's like freedom. You know what I'm saying? My kid it's like, getting, to a, do it's it. like getting a car when you're 16. If you can get a car, I never I, had a car. I had to ask my dad for the car. He refused it. He fell down once and refused to ride his bike. And we had him one of these straight up Harley looking nice bikes. bikes. Yeah, and he's like, nope. You couldn't get him to try to ride the horse a second time? Gosh, well, it wasn't even, he did get on it a few times, but it was just after about six months of it, he's like, nope, don't want a bike, don't want a bike. I'll tell you the funniest thing that ever happened versus on on a bike was uh, happened with my wife. We were out riding with kids and uh, I forget which child was sitting behind her, uh, but Linda was riding and uh, had a, a tie top on and the child reached up and it can oh, be like two like yeah this. and untied her top oh, yeah yeah she, That's was a, a moment. she was a little bit of, how should we put put it embarrassed by flushed. what happened she was a bit flushed yeah yeah she flushed that's a, that, that's an easy way the after, kid's lucky yeah. she didn't flush him so anyway it was I thought it was funny. Back I laughed. Back in the bra strapping. I laughed. The snapping. and snapping oh, bras. Well, Hopefully they didn't she was wearing a bra. That. Like, that yeah. was the time. What I don't year know. Because it might have been back that, in the... There was a halter shirts. top and back in that day. <laughs> no, we didn't. Yeah, you that just mu- slung them around. You know what I'm talking I about. Do. Okay. 
and the way people were. But anyway, that happened to her. We're getting into cancel territory. And then she she says she says that she doesn't because I've been trying to get her into it because I. I want us to get trail bikes. I want a bike too. But she's afraid that bike. we'll get on a trail that has a big decline or something, and she'll fall off. And you I said, "Don't worry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna put just have I'm her go a, right out to gonna Highway hel- Five. Going to put a helmet on you. <laughs> yeah, if you can stay on Highway Five on either side and up not and down, get, up and, and down, and, just go up that hill, down the hill, and not get yeah. killed. You know, wow! You know, you can ride anywhere. there's a lot of them. A lot of armadillos, a lot of possums out there. Oh my gosh! It, it took me years when I moved to Texas for a while to understand that armadillos didn't, by their own volition, lay on their backs. <laughs> I had no idea. I was traumatized as a kid. Because <laughs> every time I saw them, they had their had their feet stuck up. <laughs> Oh, and gosh, I quit. They had been hit. Yeah, they been. Oh, oh my god! Somebody had killed one of them. So they're not very quick. Dave. No, they're yeah. not. They're not quick. But they're you know they're like little tanks. Well, that's what I used I mean, to. They ask roll my dad up in balls, and it's hard to get to them. Yeah. But oh, you yeah. get you get a couple of dogs, they'll get to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got one. She ran up on one and 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 just sniffed it. Is all she did. The thing curled up, and she stalked it and everything else, and ran right <laughs> up on it and it curled up in a ball, and she's just like. Wait, it's like, come on, play What are you going to do? Open up. Yeah. Open to play with me. Yeah, he didn't think he's going to play. She did that to a possum, too, and it literally played possum. Like, I've never seen something look as dead as it could be. Yeah. As that possum. All you saw was its eyeball moving. Have you ever seen them when they're like in a tree and you walk up on them <laughs> and they start hissing at you? Oh, oh You ever God, heard them hissing yeah, at you? Ohio, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, we get them up where I live. Uh, they come out of the forest around us and they'll be out trying to get into garbage cans and stuff. Luckily, there was a family of raccoons and I think that they moved on. There were five of them in this, 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 uh, this gang. Gang. <laughs> Roving gang of, 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 raccoons. of raccoons. And I didn't care what I did. They would figure a way to get in the garbage can. They're we smart. used to have them mm, on yeah. the porch with all the cats at my grandma's house. They'd come up and eat all the cat food. Yeah. 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 They'll yeah. eat anything. Saw a picture on Twitter the other day about that. Yeah. They came up. My grandma fed it showed, them. It showed a inside cat bowl. Right. And evidently it had a door through the door so the cat could go in, in and out when it wanted to. And uh, this raccoon figured out there's food to be raccoon had there. Hands. He'd walk in, eat the bowl clean, and then right walk back out. back out. Yeah, They're smart. They really are. At least he was housebroken. Right. <laughs> you know, he didn't that, go that's, crazy in the house. That's good. Yeah, he didn't go nuts as far as that's concerned. All right, so I haven't heard from Robert. I'll try to – I'll put you in touch with okay. him. Okay, yeah. You need to get some clarification about what these folks can and cannot do. Well, I mean, I sent him the whole pamphlet, you know, like exactly, but – well, you assume they'll read it. You assume they'll read it, but you <laughs> also hope. assume that they, they know that it says maybe something in Title Six, you know. Yeah. But that law comes from all the other chapters, you know. And so it doesn't say you can't commit fraud. Uh, oh, my goodness. So then are you going to commit fraud? <laughs> yeah, it's just might. an overall law. But, you know, it's, it's really sad. Just never yeah, know. You never know. You never know. Never know what it's I'm going to do. to know. I will. that you know they should be up on this kind of stuff all right so what should we be doing here in little rock to try to mediate all of the additional violence that we've been seeing over 
the last few months. We're going to talk to Big Benny Johnson. Pastor Johnson will be with us. He is the head of an activist group called Stop the Violence. It's been in action for years now. It's got to be over a decade. And uh, we will talk to him about some of his ideas when we come back here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 29 minutes after 6. We're coming up on the news. Let's get uh, about a minute of what's going on. President said that uh, Putin is a war criminal yesterday. Of course, how do you get him to show up in court? We'll talk right, about it when we come back. All right, back with you. Don't forget about East End Towing. They'll take good care of you if you're broke down on the side of the highway. You know, there's a difference between getting towed from private property and getting towed off of public property. What are those differences? Well, find out by getting a, a, a hold of none other than the folks at East End Towing because they're up to date on all the rules and regulations. They belong to the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They're licensed, they're insured, and each truck is permitted so uh, they meet uh, you know, the minimum standards, at least, of the state, and they'll take good care of you. All you need to do is call them, 501-888-8849, They're quick and they're nice. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah. Simone knows. Yeah. She used them, all right, as far as, as that's concerned. Uh, let's see. We're going to go talk to Benny here in just a moment. And, uh, I, th- I know that Rob is, uh, trying to get through to me. Would you just let him know, Heidi, that we'll pick him up before the end of the hour. I'll call him back and tell him when. All right. But first I want to spend a few moments here with an old friend of mine. I always have him on when times are bad. People are going to think that he's a, you know, a guy who brings nothing but bad times, and that's Jesus not the said. truth. He is there all the time fighting against trying to, you know, see these bad times come up like uh, the way violence has here uh, in Little Rock lately. Big Benny Johnson is with us here. Reverend Johnson joins us. Uh, Benny, how are you today, brother? Good morning, uh, Dave. Gl- uh, glad to be on this morning. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, about the violence in the city, I'm not glad about that, but I'm glad you had me on. Well, I uh, how long have we done this? Fifteen years or so, sir. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, it's <laughs> been a while. It's uh, I'm I'm thinking the last time that you were on on uh, multiple occasions was during the gentle Jim administration when he was our uh, uh, you know mayor of of, of Little Rock. So, Benny, bring me up to date on this. What has transpired? Has Have the gang members that have finally gotten out of prison come back and, and, and came back to roost here in Little Rock? Is that why we're seeing the uptick in violence in the city? Well, you know, a lot of it, Dave, is over Facebook. Uh, you know, just people getting into it over Facebook, a lot of personal things. Uh, uh, the gang is not a, it's not a big, big, big problem, is a lot of it is personal things, and and uh, and uh, we got to learn how to sell our differences without the use of a violence. We, you know, we used to, uh, when we come to day, we we have a fight, we shake hands, and we be friends right afterwards. But yeah. now you have a fight. Now you you got to watch your back, and it shouldn't be like that. 
Yeah, and don't have to watch only watch your back. You got to watch yourself all the time walking down the street. May you get shot while you're just walking down the street. Where did that change come from, Benny? That that kids. I'm talking about 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids decide that they have no respect for life at all. They just they'll kill people. I don't know, and I, I wish we could have an answer. We have a, a solution for it. But one thing, Dave, there's no way that a 14 or 15 year old kid should have, especially any kind of weapon out there. Bring a assault weapon in, in, in the house, and the parent don't know anything about it. Uh, yeah, I had a cousin. I have a cousin, and man, when her son was going up, she checked. She checked all his drawers every night. From his underwear to his socks <laughs> and everything, and she found the jacket in one night and made him get up at ten o'clock at night and take it back to the kid who owned it. And we had to, you know, had to be careful what's coming in the house. Huh? Parents, yeah, parents yeah. make a difference. Yeah. How about parenting within the within the urban community now? Uh, you know, Benny, I know that the black church for years and years and years. Uh, had a lot of things to do with the black community. Are you finding that perhaps some of the the, the power that you had in the church is being dis, uh, disregarded now? I've been saying for years that I, black churches not, not not involved like they're supposed to be. You have some churches that that, that are involved in the community. Hey, you know, with the Baptist Church right there, Fourteenth and Brown, they get out in the community. And, and do certain things. You have some other churches, but if you come together collectively, if you look at the churches, they open on Mondays and Wednesdays. If we put our resources together and after school have some uh, tutoring classes, teaching uh, kids some life skills, just to get them, you know, out of the street. You know, you know, even our, some of our community centers are closed down. You know, they were very, very effective coming up. But the church is definitely going to have to get involved and have to do more just to be open on Monday and Wednesday. We got to get involved in the community, get out and reach the community, go out and knock on doors, and uh, you'll see a big difference. Yeah, I, it's, it's a sad thing because I thought mostly we had, we had defeated the rampant violence that had been going on. Maybe that's just because I don't live in the urban areas and I just don't see it every day. But I got to tell you what, I thought you and other people, Robert Smith and others who have been very, very, uh, you know, we need we need say back and some other people uh, that are back on the streets. Some of those people have passed away. Do you need younger black ministers again to get involved? So you got a whole I mean, look, you're not you're not getting to be a spring chicken. No, sir. I'd be the big six zero. Lord bless me. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Now, tell me, don't uh, don't have, don't uh, tell uh, me uh, you're going to be sixty. <laughs> the pastor of Little Rock uh, Conference, pastor Conference. He's one to get uh, involved in the community and get his his pastors involved in the community. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can uh, we can initiate that and and uh, make a difference in the community. But well, we're going to take it out from the church seats to the streets. No ifs and buts about it. That's I like the only that. Way to do I it. like that. From the seats to the streets. Now I like that, Benny. See, that's you're good at that stuff. I'm not good at that stuff. Branding. You, yeah, <laughs> you branded well. He ran. He brands it really, really good. All right. So with that said, this Christmas I want to help you out again. You going to need bicycles again? Oh yes, sir. We 
the lady gave away over 300 bicycles, and since 2007, we've given away over over 2,000 bikes. And, uh, you know, that's 2,000 kids we blessed with a smile on face, some who otherwise wouldn't get anything for Christmas. Now, I thank you, Dave, because uh, you helped uh, promote the bicycle drive, and it helped, you know, get a whole bunch of bikes. Well, we'll do that again. That's no that's no problem, Benny. We'll make that happen again. But I'm, I want to have you back on in the future again, and I want you to start maybe joining me every other week or whatever and just give me some some thoughts that you have about how to make this work better. Uh, those those life centers that you're talking about, normally the churches are the ones that open those up. Uh, are the churches still opening those up, or are some churches you know, pulling back from that? I mean, times are kind of tough right now as far as money goes. Yeah, it, it, it's tight, but we definitely can get together, put our resources together. We have to learn to work together. You know, our motto, if you listen to my phone, remember, together we stand, divided we fall. It's no I in teamwork. It's we. You know, yes, I'm a football player for years, and it's we. And when we come together, we can make a big difference. Well, I will say this. Everybody has their part to play. I'll just quote Michael Jordan. There is no I in team, but there is in win. i love michael jordan all right hey benny i want to thank you so much for being part of the dave ellswick show this morning let's get back together take you to lunch here in the near future all right brother well yeah i'm not gonna turn on a free meal (laughs) (laughs) we won't talk about that i you're getting your knee fixed when's that happening oh man you know i'm a big baby man i I need to go get it done because it's getting worse and worse and worse. So you never got to get it done. But uh, getting back to that meal, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a seafood diet. Oh, yeah. You see it, you eat it, right? You eat it. I see, I eat it. All right. <laughs> well, I'll even let you pick where you want to go, okay? I'll let you pick where we go. But we'll see you here near and uh, close. You're a man who's near and dear to my heart, and I thank you so much for joining us this morning, Benny. God bless you, Dave. All God right. bless you. Talk to you later. That's the Reverend. Uh, Benny Johnson said, thank you for all that he does. He's a good man. Yeah. He is a really you good really man to do community within that community. That's the only way to stop any kind of uh, violence or, you know, problems the community has to be able to solve itself. Well, well you got You got to say it the way he did. Get out of the seat and into the street. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we're even as we're doing this charter school, that's part grandparents. Of are reaching out to me more than parents right. to start this school and they're like my grandkids need something different this is they don't know anything that i'm talking about they don't understand you know certain things but when they call me they're like why aren't the churches opening their doors for free right i mean we have backlash and cabot some of these churches are like oh we don't want you to use our facilities five times a day or five times a week we don't you know it's sitting there empty right this is a community issue that our kids are being educated to be dumber than just well, even 20 years ago 40 years ago come on they don't even speak latin in 1900 that was it's common. and what's the church for but to reach out and to help the community right. and to right praise god all right let's get a break and we'll come back talk about that now you're in my my uh, real house yeah <laughs> pi roofing don't forget about them uh they will fix your uh, your roof if you got a leak in your roof you you know about it did you have to get the pan out today because of the rain 
Well, you need to get it fixed because that's doing a whole lot of damage. Let me let me take you through a leak, all right? When the rain hits your house, it goes somewhere past the shingles. Then it gets through the felt. Then it gets through the wood. Then it gets into your insulation. And when it finally gets through the insulation, then it gets to your drywall. And then it destroys the drywall. And then the water gets in your house. I've just talked about hundreds of dollars of things that need to be fixed Get it before it gets there. Call PI Roofing, 501-707-3551, 501-707-3551, or piroofing.com. All right, so for uh, Missy, we have someone that's going to come on and answer her questions about FOIA. I've got the foremost scholar here in Arkansas about FOIA. He's written a book about it. Uh, he's he knows the insides out of all this. If they're ever going to make a change or try to make a change, they got to go through him first. So uh, Robert Steinbach. Oh, what a na- that name you should be familiar with if you listen to this show. Hey, Robert, how are you this morning? Doing great, Dave. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, listen, we got something going up in in Cabot, and I need some clarification. Uh, for you for, for from you so i'm going to let missy tell you what's going on and you tell her what she needs to do can we do that let's do it all we right to do it here we go all right hi this is missy um hey missy so what we had going on is that you know we had the 10 percent minority increase in in lone oak county and so cabot used to have seven positions at large and they had to redistrict or create wards and they voted to to have five wards and two at large positions this was about five months ago, and without anyone knowing it, according to Title VI, it says that they have to draw straws to choose out of those seven people who will hold the two at-large positions. Well, draw straws, throw dice, whatever. Right. They won't <laughs> let us know how they did it. They just essentially sent out a letter last month once the, the map was finally agreed upon, the five wards and the two at-large, and in that letter it said, and according to Arkansas Code, blah, 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 um, we had to draw straws, and this was done, and these are the two people that won the at-large positions. And all of us were like, well, when did this take place? Well, it took place mm-hmm. five months ago. They wouldn't say sure. how it happened. They said nobody got together to do it because, you know, that would be a quorum. They did it in the admin office one at a time over the period of a couple weeks. How convenient. Amazing. Amazing. So they said, essentially, Arkansas School Board Association because they're a 501c4, you know, they called them and they said, nope, it doesn't specifically say it in Title VI, and so you don't have to draw the straws in a public forum. All right, so Robert, what what say you? Well, a a couple of things. First of all, it, it strikes me that it is an attempt, a clear attempt to avoid transparency. And it's always disgusting when these government officials try to avoid transparency. Uh, So there are two things that can be done at this point. First of all, I would make a Freedom of Information Act request for all records that discuss in any way the procedure that they were going to use and how and how they implemented it. Every email, every text, every document. So unless all of this was accomplished by phone, there should be some record out there. 
out there. You're entitled to those records because there are two portions to the Freedom of Information Act. Those that re- that which relates to records and that which relates to meetings. Now, whether this was a public should have been a public meeting or not. Uh, that's an interesting question, and the only way to find out ultimately the answer is to sue, and unfortunately people usually like to do that. It takes time, money, and usually a lawyer. Uh, so I would start by sending a letter saying, uh, I now understand that this event occurred. Uh, it seems like it should have been a public meeting. It was not. I'm giving you an opportunity to, quote, cure that, And if you don't, now I have satisfied my obligation before I sue. And, of course, you can decide then whether or not you're going to sue. But I want to highlight more broadly, this is yet another example of how cronyism and corruption happens in these local governments. They are orchestrated and facilitated by these um, uh, associations that take taxpayer dollars. Taxpayer dollars are paid to these private lobbying organizations that advise them on how to avoid transparency. We need to put a stop to it the same way we need to put a stop to what I've discovered recently and I've discussed in your show, the uh, Arkansas Economic Development Commission funneling money to the Chamber of Commerce. All of these private lobbyists are getting money from us to lobby and advise against transparency. It's bad news. Yes, and so I did FOIA um, originally, and and they sent me just the spam emails that the superintendent sends out. And so I, of course, add a couple lawyers and a couple representatives, and I email back, and I said, I'm sorry, that is not what I requested. I was very specific that I wanted all email, written, or um, even discussed communication, which they don't have to give, but I wanted it on how and when and who chose to do it this way. That was never sent back to me. The only thing that was sent back was five months later, the board meeting notes signed that said, this is now what's going to happen. But here's your cronyism. The five wards that were created in one of those wards, three people would have had to run against each other in the next election. And guess what? (laughs) Two of those people just happened to win the at-large positions in in the straw draw. And so I called the local high school statistics teacher and I said, what are the possibilities? And he said less than 5% that they would ever both draw those at-large positions. That's exactly right. It's entirely suspicious. And here's (laughs) another thing to remember, that if you make a subsequent FOIA request and they don't respond within three days, they have violated the FOIA. Uh, And I often give them more time if they show that they're willing to work with me. But the flip side is, if they're not willing to work with you, and you made a modest FOIA request, meaning not something for voluminous records, and they are just stringing you along, you can file suit after three days. And you can get... Go ahead. What I was going to ask is, so I did call the county prosecutor, and he said he can actually prosecute if they don't follow FOIA. That's right. That's, and I recommend, I hear the music coming on, but I recommend get in touch with your county prosecutor and see whether there's a criminal violation. The FOIA has criminal penalties. Perfect. All Thank right. you. Robert, I'll see you on Thank Friday you. at 6 a.m. Thanks for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show. When is he, I call, he always answers. <laughs> I will pass on the phone number so you can get and confer Perfect. with him some uh, some more. Look. 
if they do it right, then it, then they've done it right. Right. But if they are trying to hide uh, things to get their way, then that has to be stopped. There has to be transparency. You have to be able to trust your elected officials to do things the way they're supposed to do and do it in a way that you know that they're doing it the way it's supposed to be done. Exactly. So, um, Missy, thanks for coming in. Yeah, (laughs) I understand that. Appreciate you coming in. Simone, thanks for coming in. Our thanks to Robert and our thanks to the big uh, Benny Johnson for joining us here talking about... uh, the problems with violence here in Little Rock. We'll have him on again very, very soon in the future. So Dave Ellswick Show, Bible Guy next. Just Steve Hess today on the Dave Ellswick Show. get into the uh, bible guys today the bible guy billy is not feeling well so when you have your quiet time today and saying uh, saying your prayers keep him in it and ask for the lord's touch of healing and then scott can't be here today he's evidently got a bunch of missionaries that are visiting where are they visiting from do we know i don't know all right uh, you only work there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he does. He 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 I does work the there, but he volunteers to do it. He is not uh, paid to do what he does, and uh, he didn't have to work today. It's lucky because if he had to had to work today, then we um, would have had to done a whole hour, another hour of a female power panel. I do. I just have to go in later. Oh, yeah. and that's what's good about being the. Are you like the boss over there? No, 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 no. Oh, you're not. You're in, no. you're down on the ladder. I'm somewhere below whale poo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't say what the, usually you say when you do that. Anyway, it's good to see you today, Steve, and thanks for coming in. Uh, let's continue talking today. And by the way, phone number is open to you. You may have questions about this. 501-823-0929. That's the number here. Uh, Heidi, answer the phone and and get your name and stuff. She'll probably ask you what you want to talk about. Make sure you're on topic, and then we'll get you on. Uh, You got questions for Steve? He's here to answer them. We're going to talk more today about Easter. We're moving into the Easter time uh, for the church and what we're doing in the church today is this what the Lord would have us do for Easter, or have we fallen or succumbed to following, for us, probably in our own heads, uh, we don't believe the way the pagans did. Mm-hmm. What we've done is Christianize some pagan beliefs, and we've picked up those beliefs. I mean, it's one of the reasons that uh, we have eggs at Easter. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, bunnies, and I'm not talking about the Cadbury rabbit. Right. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, of weird things that go on around a very sacred t- 
time in in Christian belief. I saw something Sunday that I had not seen in several years. In fact, I I mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I said it used to be that you would go out and uh, amongst the chocolate bunnies and and by the way, don't don't fall for those those hollow ones. Go for the solid ones. Uh, the <laughs> well, you you know you know all of the stuff. They they've got eggs and decorated and all kinds of stuff. Now my parents were good because my my mother was a preacher's kid, and so she separated the secular from the sacred. She she went out of her way to make sure that we understood Easter was about the the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, now, that's not to say we didn't get some candy. We did get candy, all right? Now, usually the reason we were so excited about getting candy is that we were just running out of all the candy that we had collected over Halloween because we picked up bowls and bowls of candy mm. on Halloween. So we were getting done with that. We were looking for a new supplier. So we, <laughs> we, got, we got our supply uh, uh, there about Easter time. But anyway, you could always find sacred things mixed in mm. not a lot of them. Now, let me make sure everybody understands this. We're talking about a small minority of things that crosses uh and different things like that. And Sunday, I and I hadn't seen him in a long time. I was looking. I, I walked through the um, the aisles because I like the malted milk ball Easter eggs. And I buy them because it's hard to just find malted milk balls anymore that are decent. And so the Rob, they call them Robin's eggs is what they call them. So I picked them, picked them up, picked up a couple of bags of them. And I happened to look to my right and it was this, this whole aisle of chocolate bunnies and stuff. And all of a sudden, in the left corner, nope, take that back, in the top middle, there was a box of solid chocolate crosses with the indentions of where Christ would have been nailed to the cross. Hmm. And I thought, I haven't seen that in a long time. So I guess that was God saying to me, Dave, there's still hope out there. You need to get out there and start be teaching people the truth so that there's more hope than what right. there is right now. This is a time of great hope for, for Christians. This is what we base yep. our hope on is that we're gonna we're gonna live forever. Everybody's gonna live forever. Let me make let me That's right. change that a little bit, all right? With God, that we're gonna live with God forever. Because I know some people have told you you're not going to live forever. Yeah, you are. are. You're going to live spiritually forever. And if you accept it, what Christ has taught you that you need to do to be with him, then you're going to be with him. If you don't, you're not going to be with him. And I can't, I've, I've said about living, I don't know how anybody makes it through this world that doesn't have a relationship, a personal relationship relationship with jesus christ i don't know how you do it last year i i wouldn't have been able to do it had five members of my immediate family die Mm. Uh, that would have been soul crushing for me if it weren't that i don't view death 
the same way the world does. Right. Especially with um, the last two years and now what everything that you're seeing on the television nonstop, it's just, it's just relentless. The world is chaotic. The world is mean. The world is difficult. Life can be difficult. I mean, I can understand, Steve. Can't you understand somebody says, I don't, I don't see how God exists when I see the pictures from Ukraine. Right. When I see mass graves that get hand, hands sticking up out of them. Right. You know? I mean, I understand that. And that's a long discussion. Yeah. Typically. But the bottom line is God is here. God is good. God wants the best for us. And he wants the best for you. We can bring it really personal. Yeah. It's about you. Yeah. And he loves you and he wants to take care of you. And uh, he's only got a few things that he asks of you. There's not a lot, to right. be honest. Yeah, it's it's not as hard as people make it out to be. And some people, um, they they get, i use the term that I normally don't like to use, they get too hyper-religious and, and get focused um on rules on rules and 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 that the perfection comes through the rules they don't no it doesn't and one of the things that i tell people you know adam was i believe he was a literal man some people think he was just a figurative story to describe all mankind <clears throat> if he was an individual then what we have seen no well, i don't i don't say it don't wait he was an individual. Right, he was. He's a historical I'm man. With you. I'm, I'm with you. <clears throat> but the point that God has been trying to do ever since the garden and ever since Adam and Eve took the fruit, right, walked outside of God's presence, he's been trying to restore mankind. And not just mankind, he's trying to restore that individual Adam in us. Right. right that To get... Because everybody, he's asked everybody and is asking everybody the same question he asked Adam when Adam realized he had sinned and he hid himself. And God, when he came to the garden, said, where are you? So he's asking every single individual that's listening right now, where are you? Have we stepped outside of our relationship and our communion, our fellowship with God? If that's the case, he's asking where you are at. He's asking everybody as an individual. Yes, he loves the collective. Yes, he loves the community. Yes, he loves the body. But he's ultimately concerned about the one that left the 99, right? That's right. He goes out to find that sheep. He goes out to find that one. And that's what this whole thing was about. That's what all of Passover, Easter, however you want to describe it, we'll talk about that in a little bit, is about, is that he came to lay down his deity to become and, and clothe himself in the cover of man, to become like us, to save us. <clears throat> that's how much he loves us, and that's what this whole thing is about. It's it's not just the the wonderful teachings and the wisdom that he left behind and to properly interpret and properly teach the Word of God, but and it wasn't even just the death. It had to be the death and the resurrection because it, Paul talks about it in one place that without it, then we have no hope. That's, right. it, that's exactly right. Yep. I got into a large discussion with a professor at cemetery about just that. Yeah. And we got to that point because he didn't believe that, uh, Mary was a virgin, mm. that it was a natural birth. And I'm said, I said, so you're saying that the, the line of sin had not been broken. And he says, well, I guess I, I am. And I said, then where is your hope? You you just dashed all hope that a that a Christian has, right? 
And how could he, how can a man be teaching the word of God when it clearly says that this is a thing of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit will come upon her? Right? Yep, I agree. That's yeah, I'm with you. It's the reason I left cemetery. I call it cemetery, seminary. Yeah. It's hard for me to say seminary anymore because I've said cemetery so often. Yeah. It is a place now where uh, beliefs have gone to die. Yeah. It really, really is. All right, we got to take a break. It's 17 after 7. Steve Hess is here. He's one of the Bible guys. He's on his own today. And, you know, Scott's quaking. Billy is quaking right they're, now. They're, they're nervous. Yeah, because uh, Steve Hess is on here by himself, unfettered. That's right. The adult right. supervision is not here. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break and uh, talk about Pat Davis. You want to have some health insurance that you can get 30 to 50% cheaper then what you're paying right now, then talk to Pat Davis. How would you like to be able to use your health insurance? You don't, you don't have a 10000 or 8000 or $6,000 deductible. Then talk to Pat Davis. Do you, would you like to get a, a, a check back from the doctor or get a check back from uh, the hospital after you've gone and had to use their services? Then you need to talk to Pat Davis about that that he can get all that done for you doesn't matter who your provider is but you have to talk to pat davis his number 501-605-6935 or visit him online he goes by your health plan man yourhealthplanman.com get answers to those questions and any other question you have but you just got to call pat davis 501-605-6935. All right, Steve Hess is here. We're talking about religious things today. And the reason I do that is because you have a physical side, you have a mental side, you have a spiritual side. And that's the side that people tend not to want to deal with. And the irony you know? is it's more real than what you're looking at. That's right. Yep. Yeah, this is just a covering. The world, all of it is all temporal. I like the whole using. You look at at people, and there's some people I know, and they call themselves a meat sack, and I and I like that. (laughs) To be honest with you, that's kind of what you are. Right? What you what is out? What we see every day in the mirror of ourselves is going to fail. Mm -hmm. It's going to. We're going to die physically and our bodies are going to go back to the dust i mean you dig somebody up that's been buried for a couple of years they ain't going to look like they did the last time you saw them when they were alive so you that piece of you that is disintegrating contained your spirit yeah you know now it doesn't your spirit is unfettered at that point so I'll, I'll turn it over to you. You have a you soul. Pick it up there. Um, when it talks about how, how God breathed the breath of life into into Adam, and and when the spirit came into him, he became a living being, a living soul. And so the spirit animates the body and the soul. And so that's what drives us. And the overwhelming majority of the world, some crazy number like ninety ninety five percent, believe in a spiritual realm. They believe in some sort of deity. They believe in some sort of God. Why? Because we're all descended from Adam, because we all have that initial breath that causes us to want to reach out to that beyond world, the other world. 
and many times we'll cover it. Uh, we'll be seeking something out. And if we don't seek God, then we'll fill it with something. And it could be it could be movies and entertainment. It could be alcohol and drugs, relationships other than biblical and godly relationships because there's just an emptiness in most people's soul and they don't know how to identify it. So that it, we're driven to that, right? And many times during this time of the year, it be, probably because there's something a little bit more active, a little bit more stirring in the spirit, and it's stirring that up. And that's why this season is why more people go to church on Easter weekend than any other time because of what it is and because of what's happening in the spirit realm. Well, that's the deepest area of a person. Yeah. They're trying to to figure that part of it out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can grab on to that. I've wrestled with that. I think everybody sometime yep. in their life will wrestle with that. Yeah. Is Maybe. there something bigger than me? Yeah. And it, what becomes difficult is it could be what we were kind of talking about off air. Some people look um, at the poor representations of those who have reconnected with God. Sometimes because you get these people with a holier than our judgmental attitude, or even in the worst cases when you have uh, leaders that fail, right? Because then it sends a message that righteousness and holiness can't be achieved. So th- then what happens is people begin to justify, well, um, I, I don't believe in organized religion. I believe in God, but I don't go to church, right? They'll, yeah, they'll, I can worship on a tree stump in the forest. Right. Of course, you don't go to a tree stump in the forest. You don't <laughs> even spend time worshiping God. Right. Yeah, I, I remember the story of a guy that was criticizing a lot of big churches and stuff like that, and he wasn't going to church. by One of those that claimed to be a believer, and, and this was a guy that I was in the military with, this was like two decades ago, and he says, I don't know why we just don't do olden days where people just put up tents. And I said, you don't go to church now when it's in an air conditioning building <laughs> with water and flushable toilets. You surely ain't going to go when there's a tent outside. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll all try and justify, uh, especially when it comes down to, hey, God loves you and God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. But God also does have rules. He does have standards. And so he will help you to find repentance, to find healing if you're broken or whatever it is. But it's it's the rub, if you will, is when people go, Whoa, you mean I got to change? Yes. So we're all fallen creatures, and he died for us, and he wants to restore us back to the Father. Jesus wants to restore us back to the Father. But once we come, and it's true, come as you are, but he will not allow you to stay who you are. In fact, you could heap coals upon your own head, so to speak, uh, because if that change doesn't happen, did you really meet the risen Savior? Yeah. I argue no. I I argue no, too, because the God that I know, the Jesus that I know, he's always working in me. Yep. He always is working in me. So I, I, and there's things that two years ago I would do on my show that I won't do now because I, I know that it was, it's an anti thing that I should stay away from. It's not, I'm going to tell you what, for some people it might not be wrong. Right. For me. The Holy Spirit says, Dave, right. no, yep, you can't do that. That's addressed in Romans 14 where it says to, to him it is sin. It is sin, right? <clears throat> because everybody is at different places. I don't like to use the word levels because then it implies a, a spiritual hierarchy where you're better than the other. But we're all different places. And the Holy Spirit will deal differently with you than he does with me about certain things. And 
Uh, do I believe that he wants us all to come and arrive to the same place? He does. But if he, if he's put a call, and we see this very clearly when he starts talking about leaders and people who seek to be teachers, that he, he narrows the circle a little bit, right? And there are certain things that he may allow you to do or somebody else to do that he doesn't allow me to do. And so, but then there are overall standards, right, that address the entire community. Uh, but we have to find out what point, you know, once we, because once you get to something, let's, some sin that maybe you're dealing with or some struggle, and then you overcome it, you conquer it, and then you feel good and you should. But if you're really pressing in to the deeper things of God, he's going to say, very good. Now let's talk about the next one, right? Then he's going to say, let's talk about the next one. Yeah, I see, you know, I think that God was a carpenter for a reason, all right? And that is he deals in carpentry every day. Right. You know, to, to be able to, to ref, you know, refab a house, you got to tear out the old to make new. And uh, I can tell you, there's there's times when he's in there doing a little bit of, you know, uh, touch-up work, and there's times that he's tearing out timbers and and taking out walls. Yep. And sometimes those aren't aren't fun to have done. All right, Steve Hess is with us. We're going to talk further about this. Can you actually be quote righteous? We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Been talking about David Lucas for a long time. David and I have been friends 20 years. He started his own business maybe 15 years ago. I'm probably wrong. He's probably longer than that. I just say 15 years because it doesn't make me feel so old. But the bottom line is he's been working with you to prepare your nest egg for your retirement constantly so that when you retire, you're going to have the money that you should have to be able to to live on. It's your your nest egg. Well, right now, uh, with inflation, uh, with all the things that are going on in the world, and uh, what's going on with this out of control government spending, more than ever, you got to find different ways of protecting uh, your investments. And one of those ways is perhaps buying silver and gold because you know. Silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, your 401k, and all the rest. But buying silver and gold is different than buying stocks and bonds and other things uh, for, um, you know, money to have in the future. So if you'll give them a call at 501-222-3315, they're going to help you understand those differences so that you can make the choices you need to make and know that they're based on really uh, solid, logical reasoning. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. Give you that number one more time, 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, Dave Ellswick shows. Steve Hess is here. He's our Bible guy today. Other two gentlemen had to be out for uh, other reasons. I hope that everybody can, we can get all three back together again next week as we'll be moving into, you know, Holy Week as it's mm-hmm. it's referred to. And we can talk about uh, the death and resurrection uh, of Jesus. Don't forget our next classic movies next uh, Tuesday the 12th, and that is The Passion. Uh, if you're a believer... Uh, it can be an overwhelmingly 
emotional view of that that movie because Mel Gibson and I was just talking during the break to Steve about this. I think there was some real spiritual power delivered to him to tell that uh, clearly and truthfully. I mean, look, he, most of that movie is in Aramaic. And they asked, they begged him at the studio, don't do it that way. And he says, I'm going to do it the way that it happened. Mm-hmm. And and then, uh, you know, the time that they scourged Christ, there's a difference between being whipped and being scourged. Yeah. And uh, they get they they show the brutality of that. And uh, you might find it difficult uh, if you have a close walk with the Lord that uh, you look at that and, he's, yeah, and you start thinking about that he did that for you. Yeah. Um, for you but anyway shows at seven o'clock next tuesday night get your tickets now five dollars to see it it's the passion of the christ jim caviezel plays uh christ uh, mel gibson is the uh the director of the movie and i i think it's uh, one of the best movies uh that brings a lot of truth home uh, to roost all right so let's go back um some more here about this <laughs> yeah i think that if you ever watch that um, it's almost like you should watch it every week just to be reminded of the price that was paid, right? And yeah, and why we don't just go, oh yeah, I believe. Oh yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah. Some people do, right? But they they because they don't understand, right? They don't understand the price that was paid, that God came and took on flesh and suffered for us, died in the flesh for us, <clears throat> and. And to just kind of say haphazardly, I just, yeah, I believe, but we don't serve, we don't give, we don't attend, we don't pray, we don't study, then do, do we? Do you really believe? Right. Do we that's, really that's, believe? That's the question you got to, that's what the Spirit's going to bring to you. They're yeah. gonna, he's he's going to bring those questions to you. Now, don't confuse him with Satan. Right. Because Satan will tell you. You're condemned. Right. A loving father is going to gently nudge you to the place that you need to be. Um, but the enemy will constantly condemn. And don't get me wrong, depending on the level of your backsliddenness and, and uh, sin, the spirit will speak appropriately, right? When you look how he dealt with Israel, uh, when they were really doing some bad things, he spoke very harshly through the prophets. So if our sin is great, he will come as the loving father, but he will go to the place of judgment if he needs to get us back on track and, and warm up our backsides, if you will, to, yeah. to get us on track. Can't expect that sometimes. A, lo- a loving father does that. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to point out as we approach in, in um, this the Holy Week, um, Easter, Passover, <clears throat> why is it that we shouldn't intermingle certain things? Why, as you were pointing out at the beginning of the show about you know, eggs and bunnies and all of those things. Yeah. So, um, the Passover, the Pesach, is when the Passover lamb is killed, or in this case, Yeshua was killed. It begins the week of unleavened bread. And the purpose of the unleavened bread and why we are to remember it is because of how fast God came and delivered his people. That in one night, he literally told them, go and put the blood because the next day you're walking out. Right? So, for 400 years, they they were in bondage and slavery, and, and the, they had the promise that one day the deliverance would come. And when it came, it came very swiftly. Overnight, they were now delivered. And so now we are to remember, Israel was commanded to remember, keep this every single year and remember what I did. 
Now, we know that it was a picture of what was going to come when the Messiah came, that he, very swiftly, one night, would deliver all mankind from the bondage of Egypt, the world, and sin, and slavery to sin, and all of that, and all that picture that's painted in that story. But then what had happened is the metaphor, the understanding of the unleavenedness to remember, right, because they didn't have time for the bread to rise, so they had to get out quickly. And they did that to remember the deliverance, but then God changed the story a little bit. And so now they clean the house, and they start looking to get all of the leaven out of the house. That's probably where we get the idea of spring cleaning came from, right? Because this time of year that the, the women start to clean their house and look, they get all, the, all of the boxes, all of the baking stuff, um, then they vacuum and clean and sweep and just try and get all of the, anything that might be leaven out of the house. And so the picture of leaven in the Bible is many things. Uh, primarily it's looked at as sin. Uh, but it can also mean uh, false teaching and hypocrisy. And why we would want to remember this is because as we approach this, and as the picture of the passion would show, is we were were bought with a heavy price, and we need to remember that. And and he wants us to get every little bit of leaven out of our lives. Does that mean it's required for salvation? No, he took care of salvation. But it's about righteousness and sanctification and being holy and set apart uh, to him. So having said that, one of the things that happened around 300 is we begin to allow some of the leaven of the world into the church. And then that leaven, as it talks about in the Bible, has leavened the whole lump. And now we don't get to talk about the resurrection. We don't get to talk about Jesus that much. We do spend just talking about the phrase Easter, which is no biblical meaning. Uh, We get to talk about rabbits in egg hunts right and just community service things and we're not talking about what he did and in actuality those eggs and those bunnies and those things are actually leaven because what they did is they took away from the wholeness of the story so we want to get back and focus on what the whole thing meant and get every little bit of leaven in this case the bunnies and those things represent false teaching not necessarily sin but false teaching And so we always want to do a part of self-inspection and making sure that we're looking for anything that might cause us to rise, to get puffed up, to become arrogant, to become sinful, become misled in false teaching. And so that's something that we need to bring back into the the church. I know that in uh, Methodists and Catholics don't have a Lent kind of thing, right? Well, they're they're doing an aspect. What are you giving up, right, prior to the resurrection? And that's something I think that some of the charismatic and Baptist Pentecostals and some of the other Protestants need to look at and go, are we doing some self-reflection? Are we looking for anything that's causing us to get prideful, to get sinful, to get arrogant, and take for granted that gift in, in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah? And that's, again, why we need to keep it in the context of the Hebraic context, because we'll see those things. I've been excited. I go to New Life. You know where I go. And, uh, you know, they're not a Hebraic church. And uh, I know that, and we've... I've done some things, and they've allowed me to do some things. We've had satyrs and things of that nature. But something that happened, you know, I don't know if it was last year or year before, but it was before COVID, so it had to be maybe 2019, I guess it was. Uh, they used to have uh, on Sunday a big Easter egg hunt, and now they don't do that. They've put that away. And I do believe that they put it away because it draws away from the true meaning 
of why we gather on that Sunday and remember that specific day that Christ rose again from the grave. And uh, then I've seen a couple other things, small things, little movements of ahead. And, uh, and, and I, I congratulate the leadership of, of my church in that I believe the spirit is leading and they're following. And that, that is, that's a big deal. Yeah, it it's a big deal. I mean, uh, a lot of parents love that Easter egg hunt and things of that nature. And, but it does draw away from how important that day is. And that's what you should be teaching your children. Not about, I can find plastic Easter eggs that maybe have some coins or some chocolate kisses in them. Right. Well, because the, what happens is, is the, the spiritual principle that may have been put in that about how they're, you know, symbol of life, right. And Mm -hmm. new beginnings and all that other kind of stuff. Well, um, that can be lost in what has happened in our day. It was lost. And now the focus is no longer on Jesus. It's no longer on the death, burial, resurrection. It's just about finding eggs and getting handy and bunnies. And so now the principle has been lost. Well, what we should do is focus on the things that God gave us to remember, uh, the feast of Passover, the week of unleavened bread, and all of those things and how they point. And they're not traditions, they're commands. Yes. Right? It's, and, it, and God put them in there for a specific reason, and they keep us focused on the reason that he established. So that's why you can go, well, this has great spiritual significance to me. Okay, but what happens if that gets lost? You, you probably heard the old story about how uh, they every year for Christmas they – um, uh, they get a turkey and they cut the turkey in half, right? And um, and then they lay it in the pan a certain way. And one year the daughter was like, well, why do we cut the turkey in half to make it in the pan? that's the size of the pan that right. we had to use. Right, that was the initial size of the pan that Grandma had. Well, if yeah. nobody explains, well, we don't need to cut the turkey anymore because we got a pan big enough to make it fit. That's right. right. And so that's what happens when you – put spiritual significance to things that are not biblical, you then lose the reason why things were given. And other reasons build up around those reasons. Yep. And ultimately um, take true. away. Yeah. Yep. That, that, that's been, that story has been told many different ways. My, my grandfather had a different way of talking about it, but it made, it made the, the exact same yep. kinds of, of mentions. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come, come back. We're going to, I'm going to get you the answer. Can you really be righteous? <laughs> we'll find out when we come back here on the Bible, guys. Don't forget about uh, my good friends at East End Towing and what they can do for you. They know the laws of the road. They they want you to understand one thing. When somebody is out and you see those yellow flashing lights and they're putting a, a car on the back of a truck or whatever, they want you to move over into the far lane. Give the worker that is out on the road, space to do their their work. A lot of people that have been out working and getting your car up on a truck have been killed because cars or trucks or whatever have clipped them because they have not gotten over. makes me uh, happy to see truckers who move over whenever they see any color flashing light because they're just being safe. Now we're asking you to do the same thing. Just be safe. And if you need a tow, call East End Towing, their phone number, 
49. Okay, we're coming back. Yeah, you heard Steve say righteousness. Yes, that's what we want to talk about. Look, you read your Bible and uh, all men are sinners. You know that that's preached all the way through the Bible. None of us are perfect and perfection only arrives after the king comes back. All right. And that's going to happen. I don't know when. Hope pretty soon. I Just for the people of Ukraine, let's hope that it happens pretty Amen. soon. But the, the bar, bottom line is, can any man be righteous? I say yes. In the Old Testament, uh, some people were spared because there was one righteous man. Yeah. You know, so let me just ask you that. Uh, is it because we we define righteousness wrong in yes. the Bible? Yes, we define righteousness as sinlessness, and that's not what it means. Okay. Um, holiness is often used that way. Um, you know, I, as a matter of fact, I talked a little bit about it this past Shabbat, that I grew up in um, a holiness Pentecostal church, and it, holiness was jean skirts and hair buns for the ladies and three-piece suits for the men, right? And nobody used any swear words, and nobody ever saw a, you know, a PG movie, right? And so that, and, and there's a level of truth to that being holiness. <clears throat> but ultimately, holiness just means to be set apart, to be different, to be completely opposite of what the world is and what that representation is. But oftentimes, holiness is implied as righteous, uh, sinlessness, and so is righteousness. They they tend to be synonyms. Um, and it's if, not if that case. was the case, it would never; those words would never be used in the Bible. Correct. Right. So <clears throat> there was only one who was sinless, right? And it was what made him eligible to be the one who could now sit in the place of judgment. But there is a, um, and you've heard me use this before, using the tabernacle or the temple. <clears throat> the closer you draw to God in using that temple, the more holy or set apart you had to be. So you could be in the nation of Israel, be part of the community of Israel, and you would be part of the 12 tribes outside. But once you just simply became a priest, certain things were required of you. Once you moved into the inner court where you were part of the sacrificial system, something was required of you. Once you moved into the tabernacle itself where the table of showbread and all that was, something more was required of you. And then obviously only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. And so there was always a level of sanctification. Okay, I can answer this question. we got time. Is it true when the high priest went behind uh, the curtain that they – Many that they would tie a rope around them. No, that was that developed uh, about two or three hundred years ago. There's no historical evidence of that. Okay, that was a, a a story that somebody I don't know where remember where they got it from or who created the story. But no, there was no historical evidence of anything like that ever happening. Okay, <clears throat> but we know that once salvation comes, uh, there is an aspect that God says, "Hey, you still need to be set apart to me." So you always what we have to do is go. People always say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yes, you are. Okay, now let's set apart salvation. You are saved. Now, one of the places I point people to to look at how Jesus still expects for us to um, make sure that we're set apart is the story of the three churches. I'm sorry, the seven churches in the book of Revelation chapter 3, where he goes to the churches. Now, these aren't heathens. He goes to the churches, and he says to them, I know your works. And he says that this sin is, among, is known among you, and some of it may be idolatry or sexual immorality or just whatever. He lists the different sin. Uh, they lost their first love. And so he says to them, repent before I come and take your candlestick away from you, right? So you're, you're light. 
And so he's telling, he's calling, quote, unquote, saved people, people who have dedicated their lives to him, to repentance. So even those who have dedicated themselves, he's still saying, I need you to scrub yourself. I still need you to look for the leaven. I still need you to check your heart, rend your heart, make sure you're coming after me. All right. Let me ask you a question so that I don't end up getting emails later. You're not saying they've lost their salvation. No. You're talking about their righteousness. Yes. And I don't believe, I believe the Bible teaches that if you openly, well, first I'll say this and I'll let you get those emails. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you openly, unrepentantly continue to walk in sin, you will not have salvation. I believe the Bible teaches that, and I could show you in several places. So your but, your fire insurance policy is null and it, void. Right. right. <laughs> but those who say, Lord, I want to be sanctified and set apart, and I want my thought life right, and I want my actions right, and I want my giving right, and I want my prayer life right, and I struggle and I wrestle in my flesh, help me. That's different. It's not the same thing as somebody says, well, I get to do what I want, and God... God saved me. That's not what the Bible teaches. What did Paul say about that? God forbid. Right. 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 That we sin all the more that grace should abound. Right? That's right. It's not the case. And we need to realize that if we have been called, then he is saying there's a responsibility. And it, it starts off with leaders and, and all of that. And he takes it down and just says, hey, you have a certain responsibility to me because you, I, you, I've bought you. You, I own you now, is what he says to you. With a large price, he With a bought large us. price. And if you're going to say, I am yours, then he's like a good father. He's going to say, this is the rules that I have for you to be in my house. All right. Getting ready for Holy Week. Hopefully helping you do that today on uh, The Bible, guys. Steve, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to have you here. We'll take a break. I'll be back with you at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Ken Yang's going to be with us, and we're going to have Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman on. Don't forget, Thursday, 7 o'clock, Doc Washburn sits in the studio with Dave Ellswick. Forbear to shine, but God... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.